Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Tonight I want to demystify part of the mystery in the understanding of the strongest experience of the Christian life, and that is faith. Okay? For as long as the church of Jesus Christ leaves, we will not stop talking about faith. But we will apply ourselves to the different facets, the deeper realms, the higher glories, the more excellent experiences of the same work that we have because we began our life of salvation with faith and we end with faith. We all know what faith is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and by it the elders obtained a good report. So we thank God for faith. And as long as I live as a minister, this shall be a very pivotal experience of my ministry. Because part of the glorious mandate that the Lord placed on my life, I was given a great responsibility to teach these things. And every day, I increase and grow in them as you do as well. Today your faith is going to increase. Okay? I have a teaching on faith series. And I'll teach faith and faith and faith. And then one day we'll have books and compendiums for that. Because I believe that as we continue to understand this thing, the church will appear in more and more glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Now today I came to emphasize something very important. And you will open with me in Hebrews chapter 10. A wonderful scripture from the 38th verse. The Bible says now, not yesterday, not last week, not next year. The Bible says now the just shall live by faith. Okay? Paul makes that statement about three times in the New Testament. He says it in Romans. He says it in Galatians. And he says it in the Hebrew book. Okay? Now, it is no coincidence that certain statements are repeated more than other statements. Okay? In biblical interpretation, there's some we call the law of repetition. And the law of repetition emphasizes foundational truths. Foundational truths. They are called. Why are they foundational? Because it's on such truths that other truths are pegged or are built. Without some of those truths, you can't establish other truths. And some truths are deeper than other truths. Okay? But they are all truth. And they are all relevant and necessary. But for the student that requires to understand the pattern of the spirit, you take time to study how these things work. And then as a teacher, in your mastery, you emphasize the foundationals. Because on those things, other things will write. So when Paul is speaking to the Romans, he says it. 
when he's speaking to the Galatians, he says it. When he's speaking to the Hebrews, he says it. And there's a reason why he emphasizes this sentence. It's from old, the Old Testament. We see the prophets say the just shall live by faith. I can never emphasize this enough. And I don't think that tonight's sermon or the next few sermons that I'll preach in the next coming years will be sufficient. I need a long time to emphasize this experience. And I emphasize the word experience here because the word must or has become an experience for some of us and should be for all of us. Okay? Now, the next line says, but if any man draw back, the Bible says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That is God saying. And 39 says, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. We don't draw back unto perdition. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. He says, if any man draw back, if any man draw back, the Bible says, I shall have no pleasure in him. In other words, God has a problem with his own drawing back. Okay? It hurts and grieves the spirit of the living God when a believer draws back. But many a time, we draw back even without knowing how we draw back or the meaning of this drawing back. Okay? You know, the Christian faith is an interesting experience. Why? Because it's not an experience of failures. God has not ordained you to fail. It's not in the mind of God, the intention of God to fail. Okay? Now, of course, Satan works this way. The Bible says that the attacks of the devil come on account of the word. You know the story of the farmer that soweth the seeds. Okay? So he says that the attacks that come to us come because of the word that is within us to be tested. So, the more you receive of the word, the more you will be tested. Satan will come and push certain things against your faith to check whether you really believed the word that was told you. You have another option. The other option is not to learn or read the word anyway. Such that when it comes, it just kills you. That's the easier way. Okay? But if you want to understand the excellent way in God, the guarantee of victory in God, he has said that when the word of God comes in your life, you exercise yourself, you read it, you practice it, you do whatever you have to do. But to the end, that when the tests come, checking the word, okay? In Matthew 13 verses 21, he speaks of how the Bible says some people cannot endure the testations of the devil because the Bible says they are not rooted in the spirit. And so when tribulation and persecution come because of the word, the Bible says they are offended. And when they are offended, they draw back. They give up. They lose hope. And then they just hit shipwreck. And then before you know it, a huge thing hits them and they'll never return again from that. Or if they have to, it will take them many years to recuperate. Okay? And so that is what we want to emphasize here. He says, if any man draw back, he says, I shall not have pleasure in him. So God finds pleasure. Uh-huh. The opposite side of it. Of men who keep on the course and press on to the end. He says, for 
but, but we are not of them which draw back to perdition. He says we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. What does that mean? It means we believe until the answer comes. And it must come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that is what I want to build in your spirit today. So you learn not to draw back. So you ask, what is the meaning of drawing back? Now, the Greek word for drawing back is huspotelos. It means somebody who backs out of a fight. It means you're in the middle of a fight. And as a fight ensues, you start to draw back. You start to give up. You start to become timid. It gives an experience of a person who, out of timidity, cannot avow to the confessions of the spirit of who they are in Christ. For example, you feel pain in your leg, right? And that pain increases and increases and increases. And as that pain increases, you find that you began confessing, right? Oh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I cannot fall sick. This can't happen to me. I'm this, I'm that. I can't fail. And you continue making those confessions. But as the pain increases in your bones, as the pain increases in your body, your confessions start to change. You find yourself saying, ha, I think this thing has worsened. I need a doctor. I think this thing has gone so far, I need this. I think this thing is going so deep, I think I need this help. I think something is hitting me up and I think this is... That's the word he says. If you draw back, if you draw back, hupostoles, if you draw back, the Greek word is hupostoles, if you draw back to perdition, he says, God will not have pleasure in you. And how do we draw back? We draw back when we change our confession and miss the testations of this life. Okay? For example, if you know the Bible says by his stripes you were healed, and you are feeling pain in your body, and you confirm it in your spirit by the reality of what Christ has done that you are the healed of the Lord, and you're always confessing that by his stripes I was healed, I thank you because with long life you'll satisfy me. You're confessing all these positive confessions concerning your health. And then one day as your health starts to have a detrimental experience, you find yourself confessing negatively. You find yourself speaking something that is contrary to the truth. The Bible now says at that point you have drawn back. Okay? You have a financial crisis in your life. And so you're confessing, right, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And you're saying all these things. And as you continue to say these things, you find that at one point, Things continue worsening. And as they continue worsening, you find yourself saying words like, I don't think this money is going to come. I don't think this business is going to work. I don't think my finances are going to come through. You call someone with a problem, oh, you know, I think this is going to fail. I think this is not going to work. The Bible now has said at that point, you have drawn back. And when you do, the Bible says, you shall have no pleasure in you. For God does not delight in people who change their confessions because of the circumstances of the hour. Some people find themselves speaking words without even thinking, right? They don't think those words through to say, but the things that I'm saying, what effect will they have on my health? What effect will they have on my finances? What effect will they have on my marriage? What effect will they have on my business? What effect will they have on my career? What effect will they have on whatever I am engaging myself into? Because we don't understand the power of our confession. 
Our confession is the only confidence that we have in Christ. The only assurance that everything we have believed shall come to pass. You don't lose your profession. You don't lose your confession. So you don't draw back simply by the actions you do at first. You draw back by the confession of your mouth. You draw back by the confession of your mouth. God has called you to live by faith. The Greek word there is zao. Zao is the living by faith. The meaning there that God wants to invigorate your spirit or you invigorate your spirit by faith. You empower your spirit by faith. You build your spirit by faith. In fact, the other word for zao is you pass life over by faith. In other words, if you are praying for a sick man, the only way that life can leave your body and go into the sick to heal them Dao is by faith. You are activated. The definition of Dao is activated. You are activated by faith. The life of God in you is activated through faith. In other words, you can have the life of God in you, but it's not activated. That's why the Bible speaks of the communication of your faith becoming of effect through the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ. God has called you to live. By faith. And I always emphasize this that the moment you say, I can't believe God for this. I don't think I can sustain this faith. That's the day you die. That's the day at least you die. The other word for Zao is blessed. You are blessed by faith. You're blessed by faith. You fully function in the God life through faith. That's all what that means. That if you don't know how to connect with faith, you will never be strong in your spirit. The word Zao also means to be strong. You'll be strong through faith. The word Zao also means to be refreshed. You'll be fresh or refreshed through faith. You'll be full of vigor through faith. All of those words mean the same thing. That the just shall live. That part of living is all by the mystery of faith. You'll be efficient through faith. You'll be powerful through faith. You'll be efficacious through faith. All of that is through faith. If you don't understand how faith works, you cannot move in the strength and abilities of the Spirit. So, you either choose to believe God and have a blast, have a full life, abundant, overflowing. The lightest burden you could ever carry in this world is the burden of the Christ. That's the lightest burden you could ever carry. He says, well, take you of my yoke for it is light. Okay? It is light. So he intends to give us rest through this understanding. But he says the challenge with our believers today is we don't know how to maintain our fortitude, our strength and tenacity when things shake us, when things shake us. We don't know how. And that is why God insists that if you know that you are justified through faith, learn to live by faith. Learn, just learn to live by faith. And learn not to allow anything that surrounds you, anything that, you know, frustrates you, anything that disturbs your spirit. Allow it not to change the confession of your mouth. Because every time you confess contrary to the word of God, by the spirit of God, you have drawn back to perdition. So when the Bible says, but we are not of them which draw to perdition. We are not of them. It means it's not our way to draw back. It's not our way to confess negatively. It's not our way 
It's not your way to lose heart and meet the battle. Yes, things can shake you and push you to the last. But what you should never do is to lose your sweet words, regardless of what happens. Be all scared as you want. Be all, you know, restless as you want. But what you never do is lose your confession. And as you continue sustaining your confession in truth, you will see that within you strength will come. Life will come. Blessedness will come. Vigor will come. Refreshment of the spirit will come. Things will start recollecting themselves in your life beyond that which you're even able to articulate. And you will be shocked at the strength, at the faith, at the confidence that is in you. Why? Because you have not lost your sweet words. That's drawing back. That's drawing back. That's drawing back. What if you have funny thoughts? Well, firstly, understand that these are thoughts that are planted in your mind by the devil. Anything that is contrary to the word of God, you have the right by God to rebuke it. And it will flee. It will go. It won't have power over you. If it insists, you insist. If it persists, you persist. But what you never do is to change your confession in God. Because no amount of prayer can change a spirit that has been broken and has broken itself by confession. Unless you can rebuild that spirit back to faith and it changes its confession. And that is why many Christians in our day, don't know how to win. Or they do not know how to walk in the victory that has been given us. Remember, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. He always causes us to triumph. He maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. He knows that you are victorious because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. But he wants you to know how to do this thing, to know how to walk this life of faith. And he's saying it's simple. Never draw back. Why? Because you're not of them which draw back to perdition. It's not your nature. It's not your kind. Look at our father Abraham in Romans when they're giving testimony about the father of faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 verse 17, God comes to Abraham and tells him as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This man was old. He was full of age and his wife was barren and they were past childbearing time. So you can remove past childbearing time and put past getting a job time, past getting married time, past getting a business time, past rebuilding ministry time, whatever you want to put, you can put whatever you want in that equation. Okay? Now, the Bible says, God comes to a man who has lived a full life, he's old, his wife is beyond the age to give birth, and then he tells him, I have made thee a father of many nations. I have made thee. Okay? And the Bible says, before him, that God, Abraham believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they are. God is saying, that's the language. That's the language he uses. That's the language of God. He does not call the things that are as they are. He calleth the things that are not as though they are. He calleth the things which have not yet happened as though they have happened. That's the language of God. So he comes in that very language 
and finds a man who is barren, who has passed child, giving birth. His wife is all old, full of gray hair. Then he comes to him and he tells him, I shall make thee a father to many nations and Sarah, the mother of those nations. God has said it. I have made thee. I have made thee. I have made you a father. To a barren man, he tells him, I have made you a father. To a man who is poor, he tells him, I have made you rich. That's a promise. A fulfilled promise. I have made you wise. I have delivered you from sickness. That's what I've done. I've delivered you. I've provided for your family. I've given you a job. That's how God speaks. I have changed the system for you. I have appointed you as this person in this land. I have promoted you to this. While there is no physical evidence, he has spoken. So a word came to Abraham, our father, in like manner. And he says, I have made thee a father of all nations. Now, the Bible says in the verses 18, who against all hope, the Amplified calls it any human hope, any hope a human being could ever have. So he says, who against all hope, the Bible says he believed in hope. He believed in hope. He believed in hope. And the Bible says that he might become the father of many nations. I don't know that you're following. I have made you a father of many nations. And everything that does not favor him, everything is against all hope. And so against all hope, the Bible says he believes that he might become. Did you see that? God has said you are, but he says, but you must believe that you might become. He says you are blessed, but you must believe against all hope that you might become. He says you are healed, but you must believe against all hope that you might become or walk in the health God has given you. He says that I've provided for you financially, but you must believe against all hope that you might become the manifestation of that wealth that he has spoken upon your life. That is the way of the spirit. That is the way of faith. It has no other way. So that is why some people say, I think I need a prophet. Okay? And so they start looking for a man of God. Because they are sure that by meeting a man of God, they will hear what God is telling them. Which is okay if you find one. Or if they find you. But what if they don't find you? What if they don't call your name? What if they don't mention your issue? What happens? What if the apostle doesn't mention your issue? What if the bishop doesn't mention your issue? What if the man who hears God doesn't call your name? You go back sullen and sunken. You sink back. You let down your guard. You draw back to perdition. You start speaking words in your heart. I don't think God loves me. Even the man of God didn't call me. He didn't mention my issue. That is why Peter said that we have a sure word of prophecy. He says this one is sure. That the prophet might get it wrong. But this one doesn't. The apostle might not have the full apprehension. But this one doesn't make mistakes. The pastor might not have the full revelation or he might even say something to get rid of you. But God said, but this one is sure. <laughs> Glory to God. He says, this one is sure. He says, of which you do good to take heed as unto a light that shineth in the darkness until the day dawn and the death star rise in your heart. That's the end of it. That the death star will rise in your heart. 
Hallelujah. The end will be that morning will come. Joy shall come that morning. You'll have an answer either way through the word. What has God said? Through his word. What has God said? Some people are like Hezekiah. Oh, the prophet comes, put your house in order, and then they go, oh God, but you know. No, but what does the Bible say? Hezekiah didn't have reference. You have reference because of the dispensation in which you've been begotten. And in this dispensation, he's telling you there is a way to fix it. You just go to Peter and open it. And the Bible says, he that knew no sin became sin. That through that sin, I might become the righteousness of God. And he says, by whose stripes I was healed. That's what he said. He said you were healed. You don't need a special man of God to tell you that you were healed. All you need is the word. Now, if the word has said it, what are you going to do about it? Because God called it those things which be not as though they were. Okay, let's discuss against all hope. Hmm? Okay, there are those hopeful experiences. Oh, I am healed. Why? Because you're suffering from flu. Okay? Oh, so that even if you don't believe that, you can take, you know, vitamin C and go jumping again. But what if they mention a word or a disease that is incurable? That is irreversible. Oh, you have HIV and it cannot leave your body scientifically or biologically or no medicine, no cure. Yes. What if? What's the difference between you and a woman who is 90 or 80 and God had to tell that you're going to have children. What's the difference? What's the difference? A soul against all hope. But the Bible says, but against all hope. The Bible says, in hope, Abraham believed. He believed against all hope, against doctors' opinions, against government's opinions, against institutional opinions, against scientific opinions, against biological opinions, against physical opinions, against uh, chemistry opinions, against whatever opinion. And the Bible says, and he believed God. So the Bible continues to say that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken he says, so shall thy seed be. Verses 19, he says, not being weak in faith, comma, now he's explaining how strong this man was in faith. He says, he considered not his own body now dead. So when you consider the circumstance you're going through, it means you're weak in faith. You have faith, but it is weak. Oh, yes, God, I believe that you heal ulcers. I believe in the healing. But, God, mine is extreme. You know, it's peptic. It's, it's so bad. The doctor told me I could even develop cancer out of this. Oh, God, but, Father, but you know. He said, when you start considering, what is to consider? To observe and follow and study your disease. Some people, when they're told you're suffering from this, they start reading everything that concerns it. You're considering. You're considering. That's the beginning of your drawing back. Your heart is starting to speak some words. Your mouth hasn't said them yet. But out of the abundance of the heart, you will eventually speak negative. Even without knowing. You'll find yourself frustrating the anointing and the power of faith on your life. Because you're feeding your heart with negative energy, words, indifference, and fear. You're putting a vision in your spirit that you're not supposed to be beholding. 
Do you think that all the people that are alive are the healthiest people in the body? No. And neither those that die were the most sick. Hello. And so it is with wealth. Not the wisest, hardest worker, most investing are the people who have a guarantee that next year or next week they'll have wealth. But those who know how to believe to the saving of the soul, that if anything goes out of order, you can rebuild it again through faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the Bible says, Abraham believed. And the Bible says, he did not consider his own body, which was now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb was not just old. It was dead. <laughs> that was past, past, past a hundred times. Child giving birth. But the Bible says in verses 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He staggered not at the promises of God. He understood what was supposed to be done. He understood who he was dealing with. The Bible says he staggered not. He did not look left and right, wondering, asking how will it happen. You know, some people stagger. And how do you know you stagger? You start asking questions of how. That's how you know you're staggering. Oh, you'll have a car next week. How? You're staggering. You'll walk in divine health in the name of Jesus. How? You're staggering. You're going to get married tomorrow. How? <laughs> Glory to God. It means you are doubting because you have done the math of reason and science and biology. Some people get so lost in the mystery of faith and lose it and draw back in this word called, let us be realistic. What is more real than Christ? The Bible says Christ is our reality. That's what the Bible says. Christ is our reality. The word there, Christ is anointed. The anointed one. The anointing is our reality. The anointing. He says when Christ, which is our real life, when the anointing, which is our real life, shall appear. We shall appear with it. So your reality is the anointing. And guess what? It cannot be seen with a physical eye. Yet it does things that physical eyes can see. So in this building of your fortitude, you must know exactly what is reality. Some of you, you are so lost. But let us consider reality. Be real now. How can you tell me that tomorrow morning you're going to have a million dollars on your account? You see, who is telling you that? Because that's not the talk of God. God says, I've made you a millionaire. I've made you a billionaire. That's what he says. And Abraham believed God. He staggered not at the promise. He did not waver. He didn't change his confession or look the other side to say, ha, over how will it work? Over who? No. Has God said it? Has God spoken it? That was all that mattered. And that is why the next verse says, and being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised he was also able to perform. God was able to perform. He is able to perform. He is able to perform it. He is able to perform it. He is able to put your body back. He is able to rebuild your business again. He is able. Praise God. He is able. That's our persuasion. That the guy who's spoken it, 
he can also do it. The God who has promised it, he can also do it. He can. He's able. So, to know that he's able, and he has said he has done it. <laughs> Glory to God. To know that he has said it. That he has done it. It is as good as good. It will happen. It must happen. So, how do you position yourself? The Bible says Abraham was strong in faith, giving praise and glory to God. He gave praise and glory to God. That's how you know that a man is strong in faith. That's how you know that a man is not staggering. In fact, if you read the Amplified on the the verses 20, the Bible says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly to question. He was not questioning concerning the promise of God. But the Bible says, But he grew strong in faith and was empowered by faith. Listen to how the Amplified says this. As he gave praise and glory to God. As he gave. As he gave praise and glory to God. As he gave. As he gave praise and glory to God. He became strong and not wavering. Okay, let me give you an example. The doctor has given you the worst report in the world. And you feel every sign of the doctor's words. Every sign. Okay? And God says you can be weak in faith and continue attending to every pain wherever it is, every affliction wherever it is, reading about it, researching about it, asking questions about it. You can do all that. Because every questioning is a representation of doubt. How? Where? How does it affect? At what stage? You understand? Which stage is it? Oh, oh, now, is there any treatment to it? Will I be healed or won't I be healed? You're asking all those questions. You know what you're doing to yourself? Your mouth is already confessing yourself to death. It means you don't understand how God works. You don't understand how God works. Now I'm showing you how we fight the good fight of faith. So, the scriptures tell us here, That because this man was not weak in faith, he did not consider what was surrounding him. But instead of feeling the feelings he was supposed to feel, he finds himself growing stronger as he gave praise and glory to God. That's what happens. The Bible says, he became stronger and stronger, fully persuaded that he who promised was also able to do. So I'll give you an example. So when he receives this report, this very bad report, but God has said that you were healed, he starts giving praise and glory to God. Father, I thank you because I was healed long ago. And I cannot consider what I feel in my body. I cannot consider what I feel in my legs. I cannot consider what I feel in my head. I cannot even consider, you know, what the doctor wrote. I can't consider what men have said. I was healed long ago. I praise you. You're awesome. You're a good God. You're a healer. I'll tell of your healing. I'll testify of what you have done. So what if the pain continues to increase? You also increase. Hallelujah. You continue praising him. You raise your hands and tell him, God, you're good. I thank you because all things are working together for good. Because I love you and I'm called according to your purposes. Greater is he which is in me than he that is in the world. I have that very life. The very life that raised you from the dead. It's resident in my body. It's resident in my feet. It's resident everywhere. I breathe it in and I breathe it out. I am a giver of life. I live because I have faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
before the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says, by it, the elders obtain a good report. It has a good report. I cannot fail. It is done. I see it. I see it. Praise God. Hallelujah. The pain can increase. But as you give praise to God, the Bible says you become stronger in faith. Giving glory to God. You become stronger in faith. And as you become stronger in faith, the imaginations that were in your head for failure start dying. And as they start dying, the miracle starts to happen. Things start shaping themselves back in order. Things start aligning themselves. They start redeeming themselves. Instructions start surrounding your frustrations. The challenges of the hour start to melt as you're watching. Doors start flinging open. Windows start opening on you. The light starts to illuminate on you. In fact, in Hebrews 10, he speaks of a time to consider of the time when they were illuminated. And he says, and because of those times of illumination, the Bible says they fought, they decimated great afflictions. They defeated, they fought against great afflictions and overcame them. Why? Because their spirits were illuminated through the reality of the word. So as the word constantly comes to you, as the message of God constantly comes to you, you're building faith. And as faith is coming, you are confessing and confessing, giving glory to God. You don't stop speaking. You don't stop confessing. You don't stop saying. You don't stop. You just keep on. You just keep on. And he says, if you do that, you'll endure great afflictions because of the illumination of your spirit. Nothing illuminates us like the word. Nothing. Hallelujah. It's only people who don't have this understanding, that waver, that wonder. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 21, 26, that the man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. The word therefore wandereth is also translated as staggereth. You know when the Bible says that Abraham staggered not? Okay, He says the man that staggereth, the Bible says he shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Nothing will have life in you. Nothing around you will live. Why? Because you doubt, you stagger, you remain there. You don't understand. You're staggering in the understanding of the things of God. Today you believe, tomorrow you don't believe. Today you confess right, tomorrow you don't confess right. Today your words are up, tomorrow your words are down. Tomorrow you're high, tomorrow you're low. Today you're believing, you're confessing right, and then next thing you know someone gives you a phone call, you start narrating everything negatively. Because you think you must account to men to understand you. What are you doing to yourself in the spirit? I've seen people who do that. They're believing God. Oh, I have issues with my word. Oh, you see that they really are suffering. You teach them faith. They believe. They confess with you. And then someone gives them a phone call. They even start crying. <laughs> and then after crying, they confess everything. Munange, the doctor told me, I have two weeks. You have drawn back to perdition. And then you ask yourself why your faith does not work. Oh, and then they have this boldness of coming. I confess right. I did everything right. But it did not work. There is no way faith cannot work. There is no way. You keep yourself to this regimen and it does not work. There is just no way. Unless you don't understand what God did for you. Unless you don't understand what it took to send Jesus. We have seen all manner of miracles. Stage four cancers, blind eyes, deaf ears, impossible stories. Oh, you can't do this. The doctor said I can't do this. Oh, someone comes to me and tells me the doctor said I can't have children. Some of those women are having now three or four children. Oh, so and so said this. Oh, the specialists said this. They're also human beings too. They have the end in their saying. But God 
has said, he has said, that with long life I will satisfy you. I don't care whether you have bad genes. I don't care whether you don't feed right. You will live in the mighty name of Jesus. Why? Because God said so. Do not stagger. Do not wander in understanding. You'll dwell where things that die are. You will die spiritual before you even die physical. And the things physical will start representing of your experiences spiritual. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 35 verses 3, he tells you, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. And he says, say to them that are of a fearful heart, don't worry. No. He says, say to them. In fact, the Hebrew therefore says, command. Command them that have a fearful spirit. He tells them, be strong. How? You just be strong. How? He has said that you're that. Be strong in what he has said. He tells them, be strong. And he tells them, behold. See it with your spirit that your God will come. You have to see it. You have to start imagining the victory. You have to start imagining your marriage. You have to start imagining your health. You have to start imagining your 100 years. You have to start imagining your ministry. There is no way around this. You can't beat the system. That's what it asks for. You align yourself to what God has said. You start to see your God coming with vengeance to avenge your life. To destroy the things that oppose you. You have to see it in your spirit. And as you continue to behold those things, the Bible says you will see a recompense. He will save you. He will save you. That's the thing that allows the power of God to flow for those who have learned to believe God. It's how it works. There is no other way. There is no other process. Some people think that you can frustrate that system and still have the results of faith. You can't. You either learn this thing, practice it early, exercise yourself in it early. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you make as you're trying, but keep building that tenacity. Keep working yourself to that life and reality. If your mind wavers, force it to come back. How? Through the word. Goes back, you bring it back. Goes, you bring it back. You bring it back until it says, you know, I think I can't fool this fellow. He knows who he is. Because we believe with our spirits. We believe with our spirits. God has no pleasure in people who draw back. He has no pleasure in people who out of timidity lose the confession of their mouth. They are timid. Some people are weak to confess. Some people fear to say certain things. Do you want to tell me you have money? And they say, uh, maybe, no. Even if you don't have a cent, you tell them yes with a capital Y-E-S. So look at this fool, they'll say. You bring it now. You tell them I'm going to bring it. From where? I told you I'm going to bring that money. Why? Because you know that you know that this is the only way it works. The only way it works. It's the only way it works. 
It's the only way it works. If you learn this thing, you will start to discover that some people are destroyed because they are not willing to speak constantly what is true in spite of the things that they are going through. It's the only reason. So Satan has learned that he can't take your miracle from you. He can't take your breakthrough from you. He can't take your answer from you. He cannot take the blessedness of the finished work. He cannot rob of a promise God has spoken for. But he can push you to a place where he will intimidate you with fear enough to doubt. To confess negatively. Because he will first cause you to think negative. And out of the abundance of that negative thought, your mouth will start speaking negative stuff. And the moment you start negative stuff, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Hallelujah. You're gone. Now, I want to help you. I want you to see this. That nothing in your life now or your life that is ahead of you has not been already dealt with through the word. Do you want to tell me that there is no word spoken over your finances in the word? There is. Do you want to tell me that God has not spoken about your health in the word? He has spoken. Do you want to tell me God has not spoken about your family in the word? He has. He has. Your career? He has spoken. Your visions? He has spoken. Your dreams? He has spoken. I have made thee. <laughs> Glory to God, I have met thee. I have given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How can you live a defeated life when God has already done it? And He's only telling you just take a hold of this thing, get it in your spirit. Allow it to saturate and consume you. That's all he's asking. Lambano it with your spirit. Seize it with holy emotion and make it yours for the taking. And he's giving you the guarantee. If you fail and you've done that, then God is not God. That is the power that goes into tombs of men who are dead four days, Lazarus. And he calls that man forth through life and that man comes to life again. That is the power that raises Dorcas. That's the power that opens the eyes of Bartimaeus. That is the power. That's the power. That's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Because God said <laughs> that he shall not let his righteous see corruption, no, his soul wrote in hell. Jesus knew that his end was not on the crucifixion. He knew it. There was no way he would be left. But the Bible says he committed himself and to the one which was able to save him. Don't trust in men and people, flesh and blood. Trust in God. Believe God and exercise yourself. Don't draw back. No, we believe the Bible says, until the soul is saved. We believe until that breakthrough comes. Some of you, you send me messages, and I don't know where to begin from. 
apostle, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've believed. I don't know why, but things have refused to move. And I don't know what to tell you. Because you've already erred in the way of faith. Who told you that they're not moving? Who told you, Adam, Eve, that you were naked? Who told you? Did you eat of the forbidden fruit? Who told you? You ate something you were not supposed to eat. You conceived something you were not supposed to conceive. You listened to something you were not supposed to listen to. Align yourself back to truth. There are people, I just simply tell, look, go listen to ABC. These sermons, you'll be well. Because I know the problem is understanding. And because they are wandering and staggering in the way of understanding, they are in the congregation of the dead. But if we teach them truth, they will see that translation from death to life by the glorious gospel. I want you to raise your voice right now and speak to God. And I want you to consider specifically the thing that is troubling your spirit this hour or the things. Mention them. But as you're mentioning them, Mention them according to what God said concerning those things. Get that word in your spirit. If you've been battling a long illness, say in the name of Jesus, the Bible says that by his stripes I was healed. And therefore, I decree and I declare that healing is mine. It is mine. It was finished. And from today, I'm not going to think, imagine, or follow the feeling of my body to think that I'm not healed. You're going to speak that. Get a scripture concerning your finances and confess it this very moment. Get a scripture concerning your household and confess it this very moment. Get a scripture concerning your career and confess it this very moment. Get a scripture concerning your dreams and visions, your expectation which shall not be cut short and confess it this very moment. I am feeling in my spirit that great miracles and common miracles are happening right now as you pray. Come on, pray. Jire rezite ke telepa. Kare tele brozolo boza la 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 bakasata. Jite tere brozolo mandoro boko sharara la 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 ba. Hasi broko. Come on, speak. Jinde lele brozolo boko sherere lele baza la pakatalapa. Ho sharana la 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 bakozere brozoko telopa. I say to the sick right now that you're healed. You were healed. And God does not see you sick. So refuse to be sick. Refuse to be sick. Get angry in your spirit and say, I refuse to be sick. Those of you that are struggling financially, refuse to be poor. Get angry in your spirit and say, I refuse poverty. Because for my poverty, he exchanged and became poor that I might become rich. Give praise and glory to God. Thank him for what he has done in you. And keep speaking these words. And when you feel that you're scared and it has come back again, tune this sermon again and re-listen to it. 
and listen to it over and over and over and over and over until you're convinced to the glory of his name. 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 Father, I thank you because you've done it. It is done. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I am so happy, so glad of what God is going to do for you this week. For you this month, for you this year, for your life. The Bible says that if the righteous be scarcely saved. So what do the unbelievers and the Gentiles do? Meaning, the hope of the world is in the born again believer. And we must be saved. We must be healed. We must be blessed. We must be rich. All things are working together for our good. And you will see this thing years to come after you're through these things. And you will thank God. You will thank God that you knew these realities. Hallelujah. If you're there and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And to do that, you simply say these words. You say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Because you died for my sins and was raised my glory tonight I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5pm to 8pm. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest. Thank you.